0: Hey everyone. Welcome to Disrupting Our Practice. I'm Shannon Patterson.
1: And I'm Greg Flynn. This podcast is for white-bodied leadership and organization development consultants, facilitators, coaches, and trainers.
0: This is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exploration of how we practitioners can disrupt our practices. Those practices where we are unwittingly perpetuating racism, oppression, and harm. And it's all in service to being able to co-create a culture of equity, justice, and healing. So we live in a world that truly works for everyone.
1: Thanks for joining us as we work to disrupt our practice. Well, hello. So this is one of those episodes that we thought we needed to give a little bit of context for because we started kind of going one way, And like, not exactly sure how, but we ended up pivoting and going in a different direction. Would you agree, Shannon?
0: I would agree. I wonder if people find all of our podcasts like that, but this was particularly pronounced where we thought we were going to talk about organizational culture. And I, I'm not quite sure what we ended up talking about. I haven't listened to it again, but it was super impactful. I hope.
1: Well, here's what, here's what, here's what, um in, in listening to it again, what really came through was at the end, at the end of it, I mentioned that it actually kind of felt like one big, long listening session in some ways. And
0: I do remember and that. That
1: means if that's true, that you, the listener who are listening right now, well, you are the listener of the listening session. And so what we would love is with this episode in particular is any reflections you have what is you know? What did you hear? What came through that was a theme or something that felt like, oh, that's interesting. Um, what does it move in you? Like, what are the kinds of questions that it it stirs in you? And um, maybe even what are the things that you want to push back on a little bit? So we anything and everything we would be love to hear back. From or you.
0: what felt important? Yeah, like I like what what struck you in that as important? Cause I think sometimes when you're in a listening session and processing things, you're, you can't get that perspective to what was happening. So that's where your perspective can be so helpful for us and for our community that we're building here together around what specifically did you hear us grappling with? Um, that would be great. Yes.
1: So, and so if, and if, if somehow this is your first episode and you're like, what am I getting myself into? I would suggest you hit pause, <laughs> go back and listen to episode number three, which is, I think is a relatively short one, and, and then come yeah. back to this one, because that'll help, because that's on listening sessions, and it'll give you some structure and idea of what exactly we're talking about here. So that's anyways, that's the invitation. It would mean a lot to us to hear from you, and yeah, we hope you uh, enjoy and get something out of this episode. Thanks for listening. <music> Here we are. Hi. This
0: is sort of weird.
1: I know. It's funny. (laughs) It's funny. For people who are just listening to us, what you're not seeing is that we're in the same room.
0: Oh. Right. uh, People can't see us.
1: Yeah. Unless this gets posted to YouTube and everybody watches it there. Right. um, Which is not going to be the case on uh, when this airs. So, yeah, we're sitting in the same room. This is the first time we've done an in-person live podcast it's not really live we're not live streaming or anything right yeah
0: yeah so I just get to sit across the table and be able to actually see you yeah it's nice yeah
1: it's it's very nice yeah yeah, yeah so
0: and also weird I just feel struck by that you know <sighs> the so much time on zoom and yeah I can have a preference for that just because I get to stay in my cozy little house yeah but uh, it's also really nice to be across the table and
1: in your cozy is, little house In, so in my cozy I, little, I little house is. so
0: I want I win okay <laughs>
1: It's not really a contest, but no, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's so that's fun. It's it uh, is. it's definitely it's definitely different. So if if the, if the vibe of this episode feels different, that might be part of it.
0: Yeah, I'll be curious to listen to it myself and see if I can notice anything about that. Actually, oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, so to the topic at hand.
1: Do we want to just dive into the topic? You want to check in? No,
0: we should check in. But yeah. I mean, topic wise, we're going to talk about organizational culture. Yeah, and assumptions made about organizational culture and, yeah. and where those things are rooted. And,
1: and we'll probably touch a little bit on tools of the trade, right. Especially for those of us who are facilitating and doing consulting or coaching work within organizations, holding space in general. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of methodologies and
0: frameworks and, frameworks and models and, and
1: models and all these things. Process. That we, exactly. And we, you
0: know, well,
1: yeah. So we'll dive into that more, but yeah. in the meantime, here we are, we've been together for a little while and we should just be transparent about that. It's not like we just sat down. Yeah, that's true. So after all of that hour of work, yeah, sitting down, and how are you showing We didn't check your capacity? in.
0: So it's good to, to check in together. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is my capacity today? My capacity feels higher than it was last week. Just coming off the Christmas holidays, we're on January 11th today when we're recording, or January 9th. I don't even know what day it is, but 9th, yeah. it's the ninth. Uh, just it was hard for me to get going last week. Just wasn't, mm. you know, getting back into work. I needed more rest and renewal time. So I feel like I have more energy this week mm. for work, um, and also I think my capacity. I don't know if my this is related to my capacity as we're talking about it, but I'm feeling like very at the edge of my understanding and knowledge about organizational culture and the things we're going to talk about today. Like there Mm -hmm. are things I'm really wanting to -hmm. learn about and I can say more about that. So I guess I'm feeling like I usually feel self-conscious to some degree, but it feels heightened. Mm. Um, And so I'm just feeling aware of not wanting to pause too long or, you know, as I'm getting my thoughts together because my thoughts are so nascent in this area. Um, mm. So I'm just feeling very aware of that,
2: mm. Mm.
0: but but present. I mean, willing. I mean, we're. It's a good reminder that you and I are in a learning journey around this, and so this totally. isn't an expertise thing for me. Like, in yeah. today feels like very far from it. Yeah. So I'm bringing mostly questions. So I'm just gonna mm. rest and relax into into that mm. today.
1: Mm. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, think I'm coming in today just right now after getting it, you know, having a chance to, we did some work and some preparation for other stuff we're doing and, and glad to have gotten that off. So it's no longer kind of spinning around in my head. So that, that helps free some stuff up. And when you, as you're, as you were just checking in, I was thinking about how one of the things that I find myself um, not infrequently wrestling with in, in the, at least in the back of my mind is you and I hold Different positions, or not, positions is the wrong word, but like levels of background and expertise and and uh, education around in this in these fields. Right? You have an MSOD from one of, if not the best, MSOD programs in the in the US. I don't have an MSOD,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that that's something that I I sit with a lot, and I think it mm. in some ways it, it it may even tie in a little bit to what we're going to talk about here. Yeah. It does bring up, um, and sometimes I think, I'll just name this. I think this is something that's true for me is sometimes when I feel that level of inadequacy, I can compensate with mm. leaning towards more expertise, which isn't necessarily really expertise. It's more like, here's my best guess. Um, right. <laughs> and I I, and I know for sure I can come across as like some kind of expertise. And so I, I'd be actually interested in your helping me lean a little bit more into questions around that, if mm. that makes sense. And yeah, so now I'm just feeling really edgy recording this today, suddenly. Oh. Yeah. Well. And I don't think it reduces my my comp uh, my, my capacity. I think it mm. it um, it just now all of a sudden I feel like I can feel my body kind of vibrating
0: mm. mm-hmm. in a way
1: that is more than just the caffeine from the tea I've been nurturing for the last hour and a half.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and now I find myself thinking about my own inquiry around capacity and confidence and competence, Ah. you know, and how those things could be interrelated in Mm -hmm. my mind, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just the, the, you know, white supremacist culture of, you know, capacity and competence and, Mm -hmm. You know, because I can be highly competent and not have a lot of capacity that day. Anyway, so I just find myself suddenly thinking about those relationships mm. and in mm-hmm. a different layer mm-hmm. today. They mm-hmm. feel they feel interesting. So, mm. yeah, um, I found myself thinking as we were getting checked in. Maybe for me, um, I I wouldn't mind kind of listening, sessioning mm.
2: mm-hmm. for
0: um, maybe as a way to just get started, since my thoughts are feeling like all jumbled. So maybe knowing I had th- yeah. three minutes of uninterrupted time to just, blah, yeah, would be helpful. Idea. I love it. Um, except sessioning requires some kind of question, which I don't have ready. Yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> while I, let's see if, let's I, some context. I let, think.
1: Yeah. So, but what I'll say first is maybe this, while I'm saying this, you can be noodling on if there's a question that's coming up for you, but yeah. is for those who maybe are just now being forwarded, and this episode of this podcast or picked up somewhere before in the last couple of episodes, um, sessioning refers specifically to a, a process that um, we talked about in episode three, maybe two, three, four, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, we did a whole episode on this process where we talk about its benefits. We talk about, we actually model it and we actually do the process. Right. Um, and so Really worth going back and listening to that session, if or that episode. If you're you curious know, about curious, sessioning, curious about sessioning. Um, so that was a little bit of a stall tactic. Did did a question pop up for you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, a uh, question still did not come up. So while well, I'm going to do another stall tactic and set some context here,
2: okay,
0: <laughs> and while well, you can think about a question, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: I think um, I've got one. and so talking about today, a couple of things frame this conversation. One is. Every Wednesday, uh, Greg and I are doing sessions that you can find through LinkedIn um, from 12 to 1 Pacific time, just talking about organization development and the types of things that Greg and I are really interested in, you know, around organizational culture and teams and leaders and people and um, all those parts of, of work, which is what we do outside of when we're recording a podcast. And so last Wednesday, we were talking about organizational culture Um, and some very interesting conversation. We had people actually, it was a global attendance. It was amazing. We had someone from Kenya there and, um, some other, some other folks. And, um, you know, it was just the idea of the, the model that we put forward is of course steeped in organize is in, because it's from organizational development. Um, I was introducing, Uh, the star model um, from Jay Galbraith, which we've adopted a little bit and how culture um, happens between all the things in that star model. And it's a very Western uh, point of view. It's then therefore a very um, mechanistic point of view. It's a very uh, colonial point of view Mm -hmm. um, in terms of how things happen. And of course, in organization development, uh, there's top-down stuff. And so it just got Greg and I to thinking, let's let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. And it also, as we were framing this up, we were like, aha, uh, it's a tools of the trade conversation mm-hmm. to some degree, which also connects to the workshops that we have coming up mm-hmm. um, in February. And so the last one, which is actually the first Monday in March, mm-hmm. will be tools of the trade. And so having some inquiry around – how in organization development, our tools and frameworks and models are, what are they steeped in and where do Mm -hmm. they come from and whose point of view do they center? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and what assumptions do they make about people? Mm
1: -hmm. So, yeah. And the way the the quote unquote way things are
0: in the way things are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we found ourselves talking about organizational culture and Mm -hmm. what we need to disrupt Mm -hmm. and question and be, um, completely rethinking and co-creating when it comes to organizational Mm -hmm. culture. And I think specifically, I was about to say specifically change because people talk a lot about culture change, Mm -hmm. but I think there's also just what is shaping, what's the organizational culture is taking place within a larger culture here Mm -hmm. in the United Mm -hmm. States. And so getting curious about the, the shaping, the relationship, the, harm, the oppression, like all of it that's mm-hmm. that's in that. So that's just a blurby about what yeah. we're gonna talk so about. So that actually it
1: actually ties into the question that came up for me. And tell me if this question would work for you. Okay. Uh, I've got a really bad version of it written down. But it's something along the lines of when you when you, Shannon, yeah, think about like talking about this, this topic of organizational culture Within the context of dominant culture, yeah, what like when you think about talking about it, right? What comes up for you? Like, what are the things that are emerging? Mm. That are, and maybe some of that's like exploring what's in the way, but maybe some of it's also exploring the ideas that come up around the impacts. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Does yeah, I mean, it
0: makes enough sense that I could I could talk, and you if wanna you want to give me
1: the, your your timer so that I can because.
0: Yes, I have it here. I can actually set it. So part of sessioning here is just setting a timer. So I'll, I will be speaking for, I'll just give myself three minutes since we're doing a podcast here and um, of time, uh, just kind of talking uninterrupted. And I think some of what we can, what we do in sessioning relative to disrupting our practice is also giving ourselves the space and the time to talk about, as Greg said, how does the, what even comes up? When I think about talking about something and also giving myself some permission to not be articulate or coherent or organized in my thinking. So, for me, and then even as the listener, what comes up in you as you listen to me wander around in my thinking? Some people might appreciate it and it might drive some of y'all nuts. Um, So, (laughs) just noticing talk about culture, right? So, some of what I think about, or the first thing that I think about relative to disrupting our practice and putting this in the context of dominant culture is as I began to see the characteristics of white supremacy and dominant culture, there was a, there was like a, the veil has been lifted matrix mm-hmm. kind of moment for me mm-hmm. that was, um was relieving in a way, right? Like there was like a, a sense of some of these things that I have, not liked about corporate culture mm-hmm. um, and then seeing the larger context that they're in was like, mm-hmm. Oh, Oh, there's, this is not a personal problem per se, you know, that there's something I'm experiencing that is not just about how I engage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's something that came up when I began to see the rest of what was going on. Mm -hmm. Not that I can see the whole thing, but, you know, begin to get beyond the individualistic and get beyond corporate culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, it helped me see more, have more, I guess, understanding or critical analysis. I mean, I do, I did go to my head. I do, I do go there. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to have a new lens for analyzing, Oh, this is why you know we don't have more people involved in decisions or this mm-hmm. is, you know, and who benefits from that and mm-hmm. um Yeah, I'm feeling struck in the moment just sort of by the relief uh and and um I feel some energy around what's possible if we can recognize this and and do something else like, Oh, we can do something else. It isn't just the way it is. You know, I think mm. there's so much in organizational life. that's like, Oh, well, that's just, that's just how things work in, in companies. It's mm-hmm. like now there's like a, well, no, it doesn't actually have to work that way. There is something else we could do mm. um, if we were willing to completely reimagine what we put at the center of our work mm. um, and who we put at the center of our work. and um. And and there's a part of me that's like I don't know, like the anger doesn't feel as accessible and the sadness of what our how our white dominant culture has so impacted people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Though as I slow it down, I can feel more of it. Um and more of the concern piece. Mm-hmm come through. um, That is easier for me to access when we're actually doing hard work together Mm -hmm. with companies and organizations. I'm going to wrap up here um, where I can feel, well, we can't do that because we don't have time or we can't do that because it's going to cost money or we can't include those folks because then I, then the frustration comes in a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was just over three minutes and I could probably just keep going, but I'd be curious, like what's striking you as you're listening and
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me,
0: you want to do here, I'll
1: do it. Set set a minute
0: for me. Yeah. Just going to do.
1: Okay. So. Uh, what, what I heard was first of all, you kind of describing the experience you had of encountering the characteristics of white supremacy culture which we'll link to in the show notes and talk more about in a moment. But, and so that the opening that that gave you and, and then a little bit of kind of like your journey of what it was like to experience that, but then you, you kind of came into contact with, uh, how maybe I don't know if these were the right words, but like how tricky it is, or maybe it's, it's harder for now for you to come into contact with just how, um, for lack of a better term, fucked up it is. Yeah. And so like the, 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 the emotions, and maybe this is, you mentioned like the an, an analytical part of you and that goes into, and you know, using this as a, as critical analysis and having the lens and it's a model and right. whatnot. And so I, and i found myself wondering about that a little bit, which we could, which we could go into, I suppose. But I heard you say that slowing down helps you actually access what's behind, um, what's behind that. And, the emotions I did find myself with a couple of questions based on what I heard you saying, wanting to come into a sessioning with, but I, I want to, I'll set those aside since that's not really how we use in reflection and I'd let you, you know, integrate whatever there is to integrate. And then I can share those questions if they're interested, if they're of interest to you.
0: Yeah. um, I think what really helped me in that reflection was that to feel the impact I need to slow down, you know, to mm-hmm. drop out of my, to drop out of my head and into the impact,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know, it takes a slowdown mm-hmm. and sort of one of those like, aha, duh, mm-hmm. um, sort of thing. So I appreciate, I appreciate having that reflected back mm-hmm. and you sensing that and naming that for me. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm curious about the questions on your mind and also wondering if you want a few, if you would like a sessioning three minutes to riff, or if you would just rather go into discussing these questions, we can have different needs.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I actually wouldn't mind sessioning. Yeah. I think it would be good to session.
0: Great. Three minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So curious what's on top for you coming into this about organizational culture and and uh-huh. white supremacy.
1: Yeah. I, um, I think in some ways my like, well, yeah. So I, I don't want to go into my experience of it, of it, because I think that that's and it's like my, my tendency I think is to go kind of go back and tell a story about, about, mm. about it. But the, the truth is, is that in this moment, what I'm sitting with is the recognition that um, I f- there's a, in some ways I feel like I see some like I, I, the, the the characteristics of white supremacy culture as a you know as a document and as a framework and all these things kind of give uh, a lot of they give name to something that f- to me feels painfully obvious. It's one of those kind mm-hmm. of things. that's like how is we don't all see this right. Um, and which does a couple of things for me. One thing is kind of coming back to what I was talking about in my check-in earlier is it can make it easy for me to, um, one, make some assumptions that people get it, that see it, like don't see, you know, like, and would would just understand it just by having it explained to them, like, don't you see this? Isn't it obvious? Right. Which I don't, which I think can get in the way of things, obviously. Um, but it also can, um, make it tricky for me to be a little bit more con- concerned or curious about what is happening in within organizational cultures mm-hmm.
2: that
1: that that f- that that allows folks to justify what they're doing, or um, that just feels that's very real for the people within that culture, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it is. It's, I think you know, even though that the idea of well, we believe that's just the way things are is a myth. Um, it's easy it, in some ways it's easy kind of from the outside. That's one of the tricks of being a consultant right and being on the outside is is we don't necessarily always have to live with the consequences of like the questions we ask <laughs> or the processes we do. Um, and And so I' find myself what I'm sitting here with right now is bumping up against, I guess in some ways, one of the things I'm bumping up against is the ways that white supremacy culture, living within me
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, uses the context, the characteristics of white supremacy culture to kind of maintain itself in some ways. Right. So like, there's a, there's a, there's a way in which I could be disrupting. There's a way in which I could be disrupting it in myself Mm -hmm. that um, either I'm not, or I'm, uh, I yeah, miss it, like I, I don't know if I'm making sense. This is one of the areas where I feel like I'm the the thing I want to say, it's either I'm either um just unable to find like find the right words for it, or like there's some part of me that's like keeping me from actually naming it because it would be too disruptive or too mm. uh, impactful, like like it would have a, a a psychological impact on me that would be a little bit too much. Mm. So I'm not sure which it is. Um, that's time. Yeah. Oh wow, it's over. Okay. Yes. So, and I'm open to any reflections that you might have.
0: Mm. Well, I'm I'm struck by I'm not sure if this if this happened like this is what you meant, but it feels like something came full circle around. You were you were talking about how the characteristics of white supremacy. Can make it it feel they feel obvious to you in a way. It's like once you learn them, it's like oh my gosh, and so it can make it hard for you. You can miss other people who have the experience of like mm-hmm. no, but those are very real, mm-hmm. and they're operating within that context. I mean, mm-hmm. we all are, but like you know, they're just real. And then it's interesting. Like it, I heard you saying there are ways that then you can miss where it's happening inside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I just find myself curious about the connection between missing where those characteristics are happening within yourself and seeing them and not seeing them. And then where that gets hard to, mm-hmm. you know, see how others experiences is real. Cause they mm-hmm. are real, but, you know, trying to hold both. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's a sense. And then also just that where it's hard to communicate those things, which would, that would make sense to me, given, kind of the, how they're related to each other within you, Mm -hmm. you know, is, Mm -hmm. is confusing. Mm -hmm. So it would be hard to speak about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what struck me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I get that. It makes sense to me what you're, what you're saying. And I think one of the things I'm taking away from this, that I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time noodling on and in conversations with some some other folks about, especially some men, because I think there's something here that's that's related to that intersection of and and you know for folks who don't know, um one of the things that I one of the things I work with is that intersection of masculinity and right. um, white supremacy and, and anti-racism and but I'm noticing in myself is the potential for it's not just like the 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 missing of others. It's more like the potential for my finding some of what my conditioning tells me I'm supposed to find, which is like um, a place of knowledge and mm. understanding in this context, right? Which is actually very much at the edges or like even beyond the edges of what's, what my nervous system and you know my body can even really get. Like I think about Resma Menekum talking about how it's going to take, I think he says like nine generations. This is his, 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 uh, projection for white bodied folks to really actually get it
2: because
1: we have to wrestle at the nervous system level for that long to actually get to a place where we can, we can, we can really feel it, you know? Mm -hmm. And some of that maybe is expressed in what you were describing around like how, you know, easy the the framework can take you out of it and just kind of like, Oh, there's the framework I'm looking at and not so much, Connected to the the visceral reality of it, yeah. And so I'm what I'm what I'm noticing in myself is this question of how much. And this is again, this brings me puts me to an edge and makes me feel like a lot of um feel like a lot of tingling in myself because it feels very nerve wracking to say and it like even admit out loud to myself, let alone to whoever's listening to this, uh, let alone to you (laughs) is. (laughs) How much of my attraction to being in holding the seat and being in this position of being in these kinds of conversations or leading these kinds of conversations is related to mm. white supremacy, living and moving in me, let mm. alone patriarchy and my, my masculine conditioning.
0: So I'm feeling like st- stunned into silence in a way <laughs> because I, it's – well, let me make sure. So are you saying – that like your attraction to this, this being this work, this role, the consultant, the, the, the space holder is related to somehow the conditioning of white supremacy and masculinity within you. Is that, is that what you're as saying? As a
1: means of fulfilling some of the conditioning, meaning yeah, um, being like positioning as the expert, um, being a, somebody with the answers, solving the problem, uh, being the savior. Yeah. Uh, being the good one. Yeah. You know, all this stuff that, that lives in us, that I think is stuff that is I I, I know is like on very conscious levels is stuff. I'm very interested in disrupting and yet it somehow plays itself out or can play itself. I don't know if it is, but, but I'm just becoming highly aware of it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very interesting considering the fact where we started with this conversation. I did not expect
2: to (laughs) land here.
0: No, (laughs) I'm like, well, we have to, I was just thinking, I'm like, wow, this is not, and not where I thought we were going. And I'm ending up in sort of the same place as you're talking. Like I'm thinking about, but almost there's a same and and different, which would make sense in our positionalities. So the, the same piece is where I wonder where I am in the seat of the facilitator and the consultant as a means of achieving <laughs> the, the same things. Like, you know, but as a white woman, um, it's also a place where I can get seen and heard and competent and expert. And I can get up close to, um, you know, white men and, you know, just looking at my own past of aligning with older white men, founders of things. Right. Yep. right? Yep. And, yep. you know, recognizing that access to power and sort of their blessing to get my voice heard and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, using mm-hmm. their presence to be able to like say more disruptive things. Mm. Um, And so now I just find myself kind of in that, in that exact question. Um, And I can't remember the other part I was going to say about that, but that is feeling, that's feeling like a really interesting inquiry at the the moment of like, and I was, I I was thinking about that, you know, I mean, to be totally transparent, uh, I was in group therapy over the weekend, which is what I Mm
2: -hmm. do
0: in a practice called core energetics and just seeing where my mask, my persona comes forward, you know, and, and my own conditioning from my own family and trauma story. But also I was thinking about the overlay of, Mm -hmm. you know, of dominant culture and organizational culture of like, you know, competence and I have it together and, you know, it's the serenity mask and like, I'm good and I got it. And, you know, how I can also, I think about the, I guess, I mean, the word that's coming to mind, like the, it's not quite the right word, or maybe I just don't like the word, but (laughs) the the power that can come from, you know, sort of being the good facilitator and, and being in that place. And so it does, um, yeah, there's a part of me that's like, (laughs) blah. I didn't know we were going to end up here. And it feels super important to me because lately I've been feeling a little distanced from this work, you Mm -hmm. know, and distanced from how it is moving in me. Mm -hmm. I just really want want more opportunities to touch that. And Mm -hmm. I guess the opportunities are everywhere all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to see. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just am feeling really and And to just maybe connect a dot is like the energy that I feel for this work in terms of the possibility and the co-creation. Maybe that's why that's more attractive or more salient, right? is because I can't touch the places where, like you're saying though the white supremacy is moving through me and i'm I'm doing I'm doing exactly what I'm doing like in response to it or because of it or to mm-hmm. maintain it.
1: Well, I think this is the one of the things that's so interesting, right is, we also both just kind of went on a journey that became about ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And I, and, and I think that's, that's an important inquiry to be in because it is important to look at how we, how are we like, how am I operating? What's going on? What are the things? What are, what are, what am I, how am I unconsciously operating? What is my trauma story, the role of my trauma story in, in that? And one of the things that white supremacy culture does is it, pushes us to make these things an individual issue. Right. Then make it about us. Right. And to start getting into an inquiry about ourselves. And, and so it's like, then, you know, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, what does all of this mean? Does this mean that I should like stop doing certain things or that I should like, what, what does this mean about me as an individual? And I think I think that there's certainly there's certainly some inquiry to be around that, and I think it is also an opportunity to to disrupt a little bit and say, well, this isn't just about us, right? This is about we are talking about dominant culture, we are talking about conditioning, we are talking about, and uh, in, in, in in the context of organizations, you know, when when we when we look at you know what culture is and the way it gets built or it gets, you know, maintained or reinforced isn't just about individuals. Right. It's, right. It, and so I think there's something to be said for, you know, recognizing the importance of these questions and these conversations and recognizing how easy it is for us to slip into a, this is something I have to figure out. This is something about me that needs to be addressed. Right. Um And, So what, you know, where do we, what do we do with that? And where does that, you know, where does that leave us when we think about, you know, we can't, you know, to, to actually just stop and take a step back and be in the, be in the inquiry does put us back into a position of just privilege and, you know, and not actually doing the work of reaching and missing and repairing and, making a mess. Cause there's no way we can do this work without making a mess. And I think it's, it's, it's one of the ways in which white supremacy culture is actually so sophisticated. And so like, it's just insidious in its and yeah. in, in the ways it uses our own trauma stories against us to maintain itself, you know? And so I I, I honestly don't know what, fully to do with all that other than to just keep going.
2: Well, (laughs) yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I found myself thinking, thank you for taking it out of the, and naming how it becomes recursive. You know, I think we had an episode even about this where, um, and instead looking at what's happening in the, in the bigger picture. And so what is needed from the collective or where do we go with this? That is, relational and co-creative and disruptive all at the same time. And so I find myself even thinking, like, is there a question of what we're describing is taking place also within organizational culture? And it's like, what are some of the things that we have just talked about that we wonder about relative to organizational culture? I feel like I'm just getting heady again, but I was going to say things like, when we go to work in an organization, because I think you brought up that interesting point of being a consultant too, mm-hmm. and not, of course, then not having the full context, um, you know, a blessing and a curse and also not needing to then live with the questions or the disruptions or the, you know, messes that we, you know, try, try to do like on behalf of disrupting all of this, but it just makes me think about things like, You know, how is how is power gained and lost, you know, Mm. in organizational cultures, which isn't quite the right, which isn't not right. It wasn't what I imagined talking about, but it's what I find myself thinking about now. Mm. You know, whose voice whose voice is heard in your organizational culture and not. um, And like to really get granular, detailed into that, like not just like, oh, well, we don't listen to you know people of color. It's like, no, no, no. Get more more in depth with that and Mm -hmm. really understand that in your organization. Mm -hmm. But then I also think of me as the consultant. Where do I play into, where do I play into upholding organizational culture because it's informed by, you know, what you were just talking about of Mm -hmm. like what's happening in me and my role and my person, you know, but then how I get in collusion with, Mm-hmm. I get in collusion with the the people that hire me, which are usually you know senior senior people and C suite people,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and just all that that all that comes into play yep. there. Um, which you know is now we're not even really talking about how we even construct organizational culture.
1: Well, I think you know the the analogy that's coming up for me is, and I don't mean to say that organizations are families. I don't mean to say that at all. Cause I'm not a big fan of that analogy, Yeah, but it is family. Right. And I think about, and we've talked about this before in our own context and just like personal conversations is like, when I go home to visit my family, there is a culture that pulls me in like, a, right. like a, like a dense gravity. That's right. almost like almost impossible to resist. Even though I, I've spent years, I've spent 20 years like working on it, looking at it, trying to like identify the ways in which I get pulled into what's my role. How do I, how, how am I seen by my family? And then how do I then show up because of that? Like in, in resistance to that, like it's, it's, this is all like the therapy work, right. Right. Forever. And I I think it's a great way of, of, it's a great analogy because I think one, most of us can probably relate to it in some way, shape or form. Like, going home and saying a thing or doing a thing or laughing at a joke that when you look back on it you're like what was that like why did i do that right that's not who i am anymore like i'm different than that and the the reality is is that this is how you know it is to operate within you know the culture of white supremacy you know we can we can get into our little bubbles where we Talk about this stuff. We read the books. We are listening to the podcasts. We're having conversations with folks in our communities, you know, in the circles that we're in. But then when we go in and we sit down with the client, it's almost like we're back at the Thanksgiving table in some way, and we can get pulled in in ways we don't even see. Yeah. And and I think this is why it. You know, why I do think it. I do feel confident in saying a lot of this is related to our nervous systems and the ways in which we're, it's like it's literally imprinted in our bodies and it just, that just takes over and it kind of drives the bus. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm not quite sure what to do with it other than to continue to be aware of it.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, as, as you're talking, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about conformity, you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. in our, in our understanding whiteness and, you know, with even myself i'm not is the sense of well isn't that just the way it is i mean people conform of course we conform we mm-hmm. all conform we're interested in conformity are are you know and i i think just the extra layer of understanding the role of white supremacy in conformity conformity to what conformity to who conformity for what reason conformity across positionality, mm-hmm. you know, and how that, how that differs. And like, I don't know, I don't have a wrap up statement, <laughs> <but> <laughs> just kind of the, I guess the many, many layers of, of trying to understand these things, you know, cause it is, it's like all of it. Right. And mm-hmm. I think the, what I, what feels important to me in this work is to not forget the extra layer of white supremacy and colonialism and imperialism, patriarchy, capitalism, you know, that, that lay on top of our experience of, Mm -hmm. isn't that just the way it is? Mm -hmm. And I can feel that part of me that wants to keep trying to make this coherent and tie it back to org culture, but I'm just going to let that go. (laughs) (laughs) And trust that our listeners can, can make the connection or not, or it doesn't matter. So I just have so many thoughts.
1: Yeah. Um, to break the fourth wall and speak directly to the listener if you've gotten this far 40 some odd minutes into this winding
0: meandering. Road, <laughs>
1: meandering conversation thank you yes and big thank you i would be really curious almost like if this was a 40 plus minute session between the two of us and you were the listener what your reflections to that would be
0: oh uh, Great invitation.
1: I feel like there's a there's a way in which this conversation feels like something that is revealing something to me that I'm not quite sure what it is just yet. Yeah, So I'm kind of looking forward to going to do the editing process because I will be listening back to it and curious what I hear. Maybe even try to do some reflection on it myself or do the reflection process. But. You know, I think I, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just struck by there's a lot more questions that I'm sitting with than I expected to be when we sat down to record. And for that, I'm super grateful.
0: Yes. I think the, I'm wondering too, Greg, as we noted at the beginning of this, that we were sitting together. Mm. You know, and the impact of like sitting together, and you know, seeing each other, and sensing each other's nervous systems, and like how that mm. may have shaped
2: mm.
0: where this went. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and then feeling that sense of like, oh, the tools of the trade is self as instrument, mm. you know, and Ooh. but not just yeah, you know, self as instrument, but understanding the instruments in an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if something feels. I don't know, really connected, in everything we've been talking about. Even though I think you and I are struggling with, like, what was that? What are we talking about?
1: Well, here's what I want to the say many layers. There's I, I, maybe this is one of like one of those things that I don't know. Maybe blows up the the winding it down or something. But when you just said self as an instrument, and then I think back to what we were talking about at the introduction and what you and I were talking about prior to hitting record of the idea of the tools of the trade and the ways in which so much of this is built or like developed within the context of like white male academia, like yeah. so much of it comes out of that. The idea, and I don't know, because I I never went to Pepperdine to get my MSOD. So I don't know if this is something that gets explored in, in those conversations, but now I'm starting to wonder when I hear that the context um, self as instrument is I'm wondering how <laughs> much of that is related to me. This right. self right here is now instrument to this thing out here, yeah. as opposed to the recognition that is the second I step into a system, I am in that system and that myself is actually not, it's not quite as delineated as we might think of um, as just an individual and what, and the ways in which that. So anyways, it's just another, it's just another, it, way in which I'm sitting here thinking about the ways in which we um, have been conditioned through white supremacy to create these kinds of delineated, defined boxes
2: mm-hmm. that we
1: live within um, and how that plays out in organizations. And you see it on org charts, right? The way, you know, like these boxes with hierarchies and, right. And, you know, the only, the only relationship we see between them are the lines that are drawn. Like let alone, we don't see, we don't see the actual,
0: like all the stuff that's happening amongst people in between right. the boxes. Yeah. So
1: anyways, it's just it's just got me thinking about wow, like it's just like another layer, a deeper layer of the way this stuff permeates the field of organization development and the ways we think about, you know, as a as a as a coach or as a consultant or as a facilitator, as a trainer, the ways we think about our role. In, the, yeah. in relationship to the the thing we're doing, let alone the people that are in the room with us
0: yeah, yeah and what is making me think of I, I was trying to it's been a while you know I graduated in 2008 from Pepperdine um, you know and we do spend significant amount of time on sell this instrument but it is in that very individualistic sort of way you know we touch on we touch on it, but it's making me think of the work from generative somatics at the moment. Mm. Cause I was just most recently reading an article from, from them. And I can't suddenly remember Stacy Hine. What's the name of her book, the politics of trauma, the politicized, politicized somatics.
2: Mm.
0: Anyway, we'll, we'll get this right in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. But what, one of the, the article I was just reading was talking about, you know, how, how individual work and individual therapy, um, you know, is, a historical and apolitical, mm. often, right, and so and and I can think about I can, you know, in my own journey, that's true, and so I'm sitting here thinking, self as instrument is also feels that way, mm. like, and I, I, you know, I don't know what's happening currently in the Pepperdine um, curriculum, but that feels like a key thing for me, mm. you know, and even something, you know, to bring in is that we talk about self as instrument a historically, a politically, mm-hmm. you know, and it even felt a culturally, I mean, that's all related. Right. Mm-hmm. But like we did not have specific, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit, you know, cause Pepperdine does really strive for like international and international multicultural understanding,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, in, in its practitioners and the program takes place in different countries around the world actually, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that layer here that, that we're touching on and experiencing in ourselves and, um, to me that like, oh, that, that makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know? So we just need to bring, bring that context in, I think is kind of, you know, to wrap up and like, that's sort of what we were thinking in the beginning is that we'd be talking about the, you know, the white dominant culture and, and, you know, the colonial nature of things. And it's like, yeah, that we need to bring all that in.
1: Yeah. And I'm, as you're saying that, what I'm thinking is like, I think what we need to do is we need to bring somebody in to talk about this with us. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, that was my, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, and like we had this many,
0: many people from all over the world actually for sure. But I mean, like I'm <laughs>
1: talking about specific on the podcast, it's better to have one guest at a time than many,
2: many, Yes. but,
1: um, you know, like, you know, whether it's continuing to develop relationship with these, um, uh, this person and and the people from, we know there's a a handful of folks from, from Kenya who are actually interested in our thing on that we do on Wednesdays. The timing isn't working out very well for them, but um, whether it's them or some other folks that I can think of who um, are come, come out of those cultures and have lived also in, in our dominant culture. Uh, but to have, to help have these conversations in a way that, you know, I think would, you know, Blast open a lot of things, and And
0: listeners. If you know anyone too that
1: you know, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, please
0: let us know. We would love to invite invite them on into our into this conversation and help us understand things. Yes, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's use this as an opportunity to wind down so that we don't um,
0: keep going for another
1: for another two hours or two hours or whatever. (laughs) Okay, Um, and yeah, I'm I'm. I'm personally leaving with like a whole bunch of questions, yep. a lot of um, uncertainty and a, a, just a smidgen of anxiety uh, that's moving through me um, in relationship to the idea of publishing this. Um, but I'm glad for the, the, the opportunity. Yeah. Shannon. for, so thanks for helping to open the space. Um, the listening session, I think was what did it. So, yeah.
0: I mean, the I think the power of, of those sessions for like what's in there. And then, yeah, I think just being in person and yeah, uh, I also really appreciate and I hope listeners do too. You can let us know if not, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious we don't really script these things very much, but I think today <laughs> it became very obvious <laughs> or we don't stick to any plan that we have, you know, and really want to follow
2: yeah.
0: like where, where the inquiry and the, yeah. energy is. So Would, thank you for this. I feel all the same things, yeah. the tinge of anxiety and a yeah. whole lot of questions and yeah. like some things that feel, um, I don't understand what they are, but I have a sense of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, if you want to join us in the uncertainty and the wrestling with the questions, uh, and are, aren't too terribly scared off by this <laughs> conversation, we are hosting four workshops like Shannon mentioned earlier, starting february 6th um and there'll be four um mondays not not all in a row there's a break in the middle so information's on our website and uh, which is connectionworks.com and there's you can click the link in the show notes as well Yeah, and we'd love to yeah have you join us there
0: yeah, that would be great because this we'll do this yeah. <laughs> together. <laughs> we'll we'll try for a bit more organization, but no promises. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Two of them will be co-facilitated with Aaron Johnson from Holistic Resistance, who you can hear back, I think, on episode 10. 10. We, him and I had a great conversation. And um, yeah, and then we also have the LinkedIn um, uh, community you can find by just searching Disrupting Our Practice community on LinkedIn. And we promise we're, um, we're working on making that a little bit more of a lively space. So it'd be great to have your voice in there. Anything else we want to share?
0: I don't think so. Yeah. Let us know your reflections on, on this podcast. This would be particularly helpful this time around. Yeah. Uh, And we look forward to more.
1: Yeah. So you can reach us at Greg or Shannon at connectionworks.com. And yeah, let us know what's going on.
0: Yeah. Let's call it, let's call it a wrap. Yeah, right. <laughs> thanks Janet. You hang up. Okay, thanks Greg. <laughs> Bye. Bye.